0: We're turning to 1 uh, Timothy chapter 5, 1 Timothy chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, verses 1 through 4. If you don't have an outline, you can raise your hand, but we just want to uh, share just, just briefly here uh, what God has given us, the word for us to uh, keep us going, to know how to conduct ourselves, amen, in Jesus' name. Amen. New King James uh, translation of 1 Timothy chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. Honor widows who are really widows, but if any widow has has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word. I owe you. Everybody say, I owe you. I owe you. Amen. You may be seated. Eternal God, our Father, we do love you, and thank you so much for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and light unto our pathway. We pray, God, that you're blessed now, uh, the people of God, as we share your word, that they will hear it, receive it, and then apply it to their lives. So we love you, God. Use us as an instrument. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Every once in a while, I'm able to uh, see a show on TV. I don't know if it's called Lost and Found, but there's an episode where uh, it's, a, it's a show where persons have uh, been adopted into other families. They kind of miss their parents, they miss their mother, they miss their father. And they'll put in the DNA, they'll have special investigators, and they'll research and try and find their parents for for them. Even if they had been raised by another family, it was it was always good. There's something missing because you want to know who your real parents are. And I've noticed something is it was always a beautiful it was a beautiful story. I like to watch it because it's reality. It's a reality that persons who have been raised, they might be successful in their new environment. They just miss uh, they want to know who their mother was who she was like and even the fathers but when they unite there's such a such a the, the young lady had a uh, the mother had her child when she was unable to take care then she allowed that child to be a, adopted into another family and then they get together and they explain one to another why i had to make this decision there was a, a young lady she was She was young, in those days, she she would find out that uh, her parents would kill her if they found out she had a relationship with an African-American man. And so, therefore, she couldn't tell. She had to make sure that this child disappeared from our history. But when they united and found out, hey, that's what was going to happen, even she was in denial about what actually happened. She said, my parents would have killed me. They would have killed me uh, if, if I would have tried to bring that child into the family, bring him uh, into the fold. He was very successful. He was, he was highly decorated. He worked in the White House. He did all kinds of other things. But even with all of his success, he never felt complete until he met his mother. Even talking with the advising presidents, he never felt complete until he met his mother. He said, now I, I finally arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand that your the part that you play in the lives of your children are very important. I watch my I watch my uh grandsons, they come up. They they love their mother, they're all around their mother, but every once in a while I hear I'm on my dad. And they get an attitude, little eight, and he get an attitude, I'm on my dad. That's really good to see. But what that actually shows you and I, ladies and gentlemen, not only do they need mother, but they need a balance in the family because daddy can give them something that mama can. Daddy can give something that mother cannot. Mother can give something that dad cannot. They need that balance. When that balance is broken, it's when the balance is interrupted, they have, we end up with family dysfunction to a certain degree. Children grow up not knowing how to love uh, from a men's perspective or from a mother's perspective because they had been disconnected from that portion of their life. But we just thank God for his word because Paul uh, is teaching Timothy. He says, I know that you're over the church and there's going to be various people that come through the church, but you need to understand we need to conduct ourselves. If you have to address an older man, I need you to do it in the right way. I need. if you have to address an older woman, you want to do it in the right way. If you have to take care of somebody else's son or daughter, you need to do that in the right way. If there are widows among you, he's given the rules for us, so we don't need to, in 2018, make up some new rules. The rules have been set. There's a way to do church. It's not what you think. And it's not what the government suggests. It's what the word of God is suggesting for us. And Paul is being led by the spirit of God. He's giving instruction of how we ought to conduct ourselves in the church. But I thank God. And when I think about it, I say, I owe. And I look at, uh, I study and look at something, Charles Swindoll. Dr. Charles Swindoll, he wrote this particular uh, portion here. He said he looked back over the recesses of his life and he thought about his mother. And he wrote these down, and I thought they were so good that you could write them down as well. We'll go down fast as we can, but we want to make sure you get them. If you miss one, uh, just, just see me afterwards. Amen. I'll give you a cheat sheet. It says, dear mom, I owe you for your time. You were with me day and night. I owe you for your example, consistent, and dependable. I owe you for your support, stimulating, and challenging. I owe you for your humor. Sparky and quick. I was with my mother on yesterday, and uh, uh, we went to uh, the Brazilian fireside uh, dinner establishment. They bring you all kinds of meat. They bring you different ones, and they cut it off the stick, and they put it on your plate. My mom cracking jokes the whole time. Talking about I remember when, and I remember when. She's always been like that. She cracking jokes, She kind of witty, She kind of, and you have to watch it because she'll say some stuff and she's losing her filter a little bit. You gotta know what that means. That means she says stuff, you know, she might walk over and, hey, how you doing? You got some big old eyes, you know, as opposed to, but anyway, she. doing, but, but she was always humorous and always, uh, that's why we are, and I, I want to believe in a positive way, the way we are. So time, example, support, humor, Then counsel. Thank you, mothers, for the counsel. We've had decisions that had to be made, and we came and talked to mom about those things, or whoever our caretaker was. They gave us good counsel, wise and quick. Humility. Humility. Genuine and gracious. We always want to be humbled, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to do anything for God, stay out of the way. The way you stay out of the way is humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. You'll find that he'll, he'll use you in a greater way because you have emptied yourself of yourself. Humility, genuine grace, and then hospitality, smiling and warm. Thank God we entertain persons all the time. I never did. Uh, so much participate as watch how mom and dad entertain company, inviting guests after church, hey, y'all come over to my house, you know, and they just did that all the time. People inside, people outside, people in the backyard. It was just, the house wasn't that big, it didn't matter. We all come in, we all eat, we all eat cake, we all have, they taught us hospitality. And we need to have hospitality, smiling and warm. Somebody say amen. Even if you don't invite them to your house, still have a smile on your face when you tell them they can't come. Do I say amen? I'm just saying. All All right, insight. Insight, keen and honest. Insight, flexibility, patient and joyful. Insight and flexibility, then sacrifice. Numerous and quickly forgiven. Sacrifice. They sacrifice their time, their talents, their treasure. Many of you ladies here have done the same thing for your children. You would have done some other things, but because we have children, we we put our lives on hold. We sacrifice so that they can be successful. Last three, faith, hope, and love. You say, well, my parents didn't demonstrate this to me. But that's okay. That's okay. How about you demonstrate that to your grandchildren? How about you demonstrate that to others? We have no excuses now. Somebody say, amen. They didn't treat me like I should have been treated. But why don't you take up the characteristics that God desires, and then you treat others? Uh, in that way. Let's look at our text real quick, and I'll try and speed up for you. Christian conduct should be respectable. It should be respectable. You said, well, where do you get that from? If you read that particular verse, it says, do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. There's an assumption there I have to uh, let you know about. There's an assumption that we have in this particular text that uh, Paul is is assuming because he's saying, treat them like you treat your daddy. Treat them like you treat your mama. Treat them like you treat your sister. Treat them like you treat your brother. Listen, if you don't treat them right, then you'll take this out of context. There are young people that will curse their parents out. When I got ready to curse, I'd have been missing teeth. Come on, somebody. Woke up in the middle of next week sometime. We cannot let our children be that free. There's an assumption that you treated your mother right when she was available. There's an assumption that you treated your father with respect even if you, uh, even if you didn't uh, 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 really appreciate how he treated you, really didn't appreciate how he took their mom, really didn't appreciate how they did. You always have to be respectable. Sounds kind of serious, but it is. In our society, we have let the the guard down so low that we let kids tell us what they're going to do. My mama had it where when she cooked, that's what we was eating. We're having hamburgers, and if you don't want hamburgers, you get your peanut butter jelly sandwich or sit down somewhere. And we ate what was cooked. I don't want that. Well, you don't want to eat, Amen. We are eating beans and cornbread today, and that's what we ate, Amen. We we have to understand we have to be respectable, and he's assuming that we're respectful. He said, "Don't exhort them." So if you have have have, have uh, seen or experienced those who have cursed their parents out, treated their sisters incorrectly, brothers, family members, that's not good. But we need to understand that we as children of God need to conduct ourselves. He said, don't rebuke them. He said, even if you have to tell them something they might not want to hear, there's a way to do it. Write these words down, encourage them, inspire them, and lift them. If I have to talk to Minister Bailey, I won't just holler at her. If I'm the pastor. I'm just gonna tell you what. No, I probably sit down. Hey, let's do lunch. i meet at your house. We're gonna talk about something. My vocabulary is gonna. I mean, you know, my tone is gonna come down, and I'm gonna make sure that she hears me and she feels the love that I'm sending. Sometimes you have to do it, and we, so he, he did not want Timothy, who was a young guy, to go and just disrespect those who were in the church. You don't talk to them like that. They might be incorrect, but how you speak to them is very important. He said, son, I'm going to give you the instruction. He said, don't rebuke them. Don't speak harshly to them. He says, but exhort them, and that word exhort means to encourage. To encourage, to inspire, to lift. And write this one down as well help. You want to help them. Not only do you want to uh, uh, encourage them, but you want to be honest. You want to be honest, you want to be fair, and you want to be decent. You want to be honest because you want to make sure that you have it all together before you go to them with a the conversation. You want to make sure that you love on them and know that they know that you are, are caring about them. You're concerned about them. Can I, can I throw this out of here? You want to make sure that you have a continuous relationship, not just one where you check in every time there's a problem. Here you come dropping in, you got something to say. No, how about having a regular relationship with them? Somebody say Amen. Don't just come in every time. So every time they hear you talk, Alan, it's all negative. Because all you coming in is when it's time for correction. I just threw that out there, and that's necessary for our children, too. They need to see you on a regular basis. Come on, somebody. Encouraging it, honesty, fairness, decency, and then last of all, purity. Purity, sincerity, and holiness. Purity, your, your motives must be pure. Your attitude must be pure. Holy before, do it in, in Jesus' name. Amen. You need to humble yourself. And it says, be, do it all however you uh, conduct your relationships between fathers, mothers, persons who are older than you. Persons who are the same age as you, younger than you, however it goes, this is how we conduct ourselves. Everybody say respectable. Be respectable. Next, we find that Christian conduct should be honorable. Honorable in our, in our way. Because he says there are widows in the church. And there are widows, a real widow, he gives you a description after this. He said a widow can be a male or female. And we assume, as soon as we think of widow, seen, we see a female going through there. But there are men who have lost their wife. Somebody say, amen. And then they are widowed. But we understand, we have to. Uh, there are persons in our church do, who do, do not have a family. They don't have children. And we are, as a church, responsible for them. That's what Timothy is saying to us. She, I don't want to hear it. Oh, we don't need to be helping her. She got, I know she got a cousin somewhere or something. Listen, sometimes the families are so estranged that it becomes your responsibility. Don't say we love God and you don't even love the people that you run into on a regular basis. You know that she doesn't have anybody. Nobody wants to call her. Nobody wants to be there for her, but he's saying to us, there are some without without family, and you as a church want to love on them, put them on the list and take care of them. The instructions follow in this particular passage on how you ought to do. And then we have some who are without, and he says, Some of them are fast. Don't, don't, don't put Mary Ann on the list. Come on, somebody. Because she she don't have a husband, but she don't have a You don't have discipline as well. Anybody listening? Anyway, I'm just going to go ahead. Be honorable. Then it gives you, now I really appreciate this. Thank God for his word. He gives us uh, this particular fact. He said, if you got children or grandchildren and then their mother is how you're responsible for your own mother. Nobody wants to hear that because, you know, this is my house. I got my own. She had her own. She need to get her own. Listen, I will tear a wall out and make room for my mother. And watch this, my mother-in-law. And it won't matter if they like me or not. I ain't saying that they don't, but I'm just saying, in Jesus' name, I want to make sure that I do repay. It's in that text. It said, repay them for the time that they spent. Repay them for what they have done for you. And you say, she didn't do nothing for me. Ladies and gentlemen, she brought you into this world and she still loves you even in spite of her inability to please you and to be like the people down the street. She did the best that she could. And now she's getting older, taking a a, a whole bunch of medicines, 14 medicines, just to keep running. Medicines to get up, medicines to stay up, then medicines to go to sleep. She needs help with her Medicare, medical bills, medical, uh, just to buy her medicine. It's my responsibility. You can easily put it on, but Paul said, Timothy, they were broker than we think we are right now. But they still took care of their parents. They didn't have a fancy church like this, he said, but they still took care of their parents. They had mud huts, but they built another mud hut room on the outside to take care of their mother. I know it's a hard subject for us in these days. So much dysfunction. Dysfunction seems like it's normal. But the Bible gives us the way that we ought to operate in the family of God. We ought to be respectable. Everybody say respectable. We ought to be honorable. Everybody say honorable. Then last of all, we need to be commendable commendable. You say, well, what does that have to do? Because it's commended of us, it's recommended of us, it's praiseworthy of God. We try to please God. This makes God happy when you take care of his children. It makes God happy when you take care of the mothers that have been before you, the widows that are before you. It makes God happy when you treat those who are older than you with respect. It makes God, it pleases God. He says it's commendable. That's why when we look at this particular check, it's that I owe you. You you owe your mother for the time and the example, the support, the humor, the counsel, the, the humility, the hospitality, the insight, the flexibility, the sacrifice, the faith, the hope, and the love that she's given to you. Many of you are what you are because persons have influenced your life. And you owe them at a minimum, at least put some flowers, come on somebody, on the site, give her the glory in Jesus' name. Recognizing the persons that have been in your life. I'm almost finished, but I need to tell you this. I owe God. I owe God for giving me life, health, and strength, but giving me the mother I, I have. it. Not only that, but just giving me life. Putting people in my life to give me encouragement. I owe God. I say, oh, God, that's why I want to thank him for his time. I want to thank him for his example. I want to thank him for his support and his humor and his counsel and his humility. When you see a mother's love, you see God's love. When you have really been loved by somebody who cared about you and put their arms around you, you are seeing God's love, ladies and gentlemen. We get so hard in our minds, we get so hard in our uh, uh, attitudes, we, we pick people we're going to like, we picking people we're going to love. But God says you have a person in your church who is not doing as well, it's your responsibility to love on him or her. God, you say, Well, why do you owe God? Because He's the one that put me in a position to where I can love on people, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna pour it out. I said, I'm gonna pour it out because of love that has been poured in me. Because God has been good to me, I'm gonna be good to other people. It doesn't matter what happened in the past, nothing is perfect. No parent you get can be perfect. No book comes with your parenting. If I've been treated like a dog when I was little, I'd probably treat other people like a dog. And you have to understand that if they're in your presence, your job is to change them in Jesus' name. Show them what love looks like. I thank God I came up on a dusty road. I thank God I came up in a, in a little village type of community. I thank God we didn't have that much. I thank God the building wasn't this fancy. I thank God for parents. Who even after my father had been married at the age of 16. Got a divorce and you can say oh my God. He ain't supposed to get remarried because the Bible says I'm glad he got divorced. I'm glad he married my mama because I wouldn't be here. Don't try and change history. You need to thank God for every step. Because if he didn't confuse that first situation. Hallelujah, you wouldn't be here. I thank God I'm here. However I got here, I thank God. Come on, somebody. I say I thank God for life and I owe God. Life is a gift. Those who love on you, you can say, it wasn't my mama and it wasn't my daddy. Who was it? Because you are here. Somebody kept you when you couldn't keep yourself. How many of you think you're old God? How many of you think you're old God? How many of you know you're old God? He saves us and transforms us so we can be a transforming agent in somebody else's life. It's commendable when you take care of those who are elder. It's commendable when you treat respectably those who are older than you. It is not just a, a philosophy that we've developed. It's what the Bible says. Think about those who have loved on you. Put them in your mind right now. Put those persons in your mind that have cared about you. Have you always been successful? Have you always had it all together? Wasn't there somebody who walked up on you, put their arm around you, say, no, no, this this is not how we do it. Come on, loved you in another direction. How about God when he put his arms around you? Y'all excuse me for a minute, but I thank him for saving me. Oh, hallelujah, I was in a loving family, but I was missing something. And I went to lost and found. <laughs> when they did my DNA, they found out I was connected to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when we got together, whew, I got just what I need. Y'all leave me alone. I'm, I'm through. You ought to give God the praise for your life. Give God the praise for all that he's done in your life and he is doing. He's the one that we owe. Look up to him and say, I owe you. So if we know we owe somebody, that means we're in subjection to him. That means we need to sacrifice our life on their behalf. Sacrificing our life on their behalf means that we're sacrificing our life on his behalf. Because that's what he did for us. Give a hand for those loved ones that were in your life, that loved on you. Let's all stand now. mothers, ladies here, we do have a gift for you. Please do not leave. We will give you a gift in Jesus' name. Amen. We've done previously, we've given flowers, but we want to give you something that you can carry along with you. Every we hear about now, eternal oh God, our Father, we love you. Thank you for the guardians you've set in place, mothers and fathers who have loved on us, even wives that you have sent into our lives that they not only mother our children, but then they take care of us. Thank you, God, for all of those who are laboring behind the scenes and seems like the children don't care, seems like the grandchildren don't care. But in Jesus' name, let them know, God, that you care and you are pleased with their service. Pray, God, that you bless every family represented here, strained relationships in the name of Jesus. We pray that you heal and restore our brothers and our sisters. Let us get along with them. Our children, our grandchildren, let us get along with them. God, give us the wherewithal that we can live at peace with all men as much as it has to do with us. Let it not be our fault that we did not try to mend those relationships. And God, most of all, we thank you for our mothers, Thank you for those who brought us into the world. Thank you, God, for your grace and mercy on that great day. We thank you also, God, for watching over us, even while we didn't even know where we were. While we were yet sinners, you sent your son to die for us. God, you loved us even when we didn't know what love was all about. And we are here today, and we celebrate you, and we thank you, God, We just want to say, we owe you. We owe you, therefore, we give our lives back to you. Help us to be those agents, even in this dark and evil world. So we love you and pray your special blessing on those who are here. Pray also, God, that you would bless Sister Faye Warren. Bless Sister Faye Johnson, lost her brother, the entire family. We pray, God, for all of those who are going through right now, Deacon John Carter and his wife who is loving on him. We thank you, God, for Brother J.T. We thank you, God, for his wife, his sister. Thank you, God, for them being there for him, to nurture him back into some marvelous health. Thank you for all the wives who take care of their husbands. Thank you, God, for all the young ladies who will be mothers. Pray, God, that you grant to them wisdom and supernatural power, that they'll be able to uh, love even in spite of not being loved. We love you, God, and we thank you. Hear every prayer that's offered in this place. You know every care, every concern. Thank you for those whom you placed in our lives to make us what we are today, to help us to be the people that we are today. And it's by your grace and your mercy. And we give you the glory and the praise right now. We just want to say thank you. We just want to say thank you, God. Thank you we were sick, now we're better. We want to say thank you, God. We were mentally going out of it. We're about to lose our minds, circumstances of life. God, we want to thank you. Thank you for peace, even on this day. For all the mothers, bless them now. In Jesus' name we pray and foresee. Amen and amen. Now hug somebody. Come on, hug somebody. Here's a gift coming around for you.